find your balance. That is the goal here at Boost Health. Welcome to episode number 17 of the show. I am Paul Sandberg, the founder of Boost Health and your host. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist with the NSCA. I have a bachelor's degree in human biology, a master's degree in business administration, and I've been working in the wellness and fitness industry for over 19 years. In each episode of the Boost Health podcast, we discuss a new topic and cover the entire spectrum of wellness concepts, including fitness training, inspiration, nutrition, biohacks, and wellness products. And we give you some actionable tips that you can implement in your personal health strategy. Each show is only about 20 minutes long, so you can get caught up on the past episodes easily if you're a new listener. My philosophy with this podcast and with Boost Health in general is to be open-minded and try new things. Preconceived notions shouldn't get in the way of wellness strategies that could be a real difference maker for us. Have you ever tried a new wellness tactic that surprised you and how well it worked? Those are what we try to uncover here. Thank you to everyone who's been telling a friend, family member, or colleague about the show that you think might enjoy it. That is much appreciated. Another way to support the show is by visiting the website at myboosthealth.com, clicking the Amazon banner that's at the bottom of the homepage, and then doing some shopping. When using the Amazon banner, you'll get to check some shopping off your to-do list, and Boost will get a kickback, so everyone wins. One last thing that would really help the show, please take a few minutes to subscribe to the show, rate the show five stars, and also leave a written review of the show in iTunes. You can do it right in the podcast app on your smartphone. Announcements. I'm really excited. The first batch of Boost Health Performance Apparel is produced and has been getting action live in the three-dimensional world. You may have seen some of the gear recently on the Boost Health Instagram, Facebook, and Strava feeds, including the strength gear, cycling gear, multi-sport gear, and casual wear. Now, don't worry if you didn't get your order put in last time, as we're going to open the shop up again sometime this summer. I'll keep you posted on the podcast and in the newsletter. And speaking of the newsletter, if you haven't signed up already for the weekly Boost newsletter, you can do so by entering your name and email into the form on the homepage. This way, you won't miss any Boost Health news. All right, now on with the program. Episode 17 of the Boost Health podcast is titled, 13 Tactics for Year-Round Abs. Get and Maintain a Flat and Defined Stomach. I'm going to have some professional pictures taken for Boost Health later this month. This may come as a surprise, but I may not have my shirt on in some of them. (laughs) Now, those of you who follow My Boost Health on Instagram and Facebook probably know that is a joke. The fact is that I take a lot of my workout pictures without a shirt because I want to show I have nothing to hide. I want to show that if you maintain a certain lifestyle, you can have a flat stomach and abdominal definition year-round. With that said, I'm not going to do anything special to get ready for this photo shoot. No crash dieting, crazy workouts, or water pills, nothing like that. I'm just going to keep doing what I do every day. I was actually having coffee with my buddy Rick after a bike ride recently, and he said he didn't like how he heard a few people say, I'm able to keep fit just because I don't have a real job, quote-unquote. And we laughed because we know it requires discipline and effort to have a good physique and doesn't necessarily have any direct correlation to whether or not you work a typical office job. 
In fact, I had the exact same body composition several years ago after I switched to a plant-based diet and I was still working in the corporate world. And nowadays, I spend most of my time in front of a computer researching and writing for the blog and podcast. It's not as if I'm exercising all day long. The truth is, you can have a strong and defined midsection even if you have a busy career. Now, when I say defined and flat stomach, I'm not saying I am super cut or the most shredded guy in the world. There are plenty of people that have more abdominal definition than I do. Bodybuilders and figure competitors get their body fat way down into the low single digits, and you can even see the vascularity in their abs. Now, while this is impressive, this isn't something that anyone can or should maintain year-round. To get to this state, there's usually a bulking phase where lots of fat and muscle are added, and then a massive cutting phase to get the body fat super low while maintaining as much muscle as possible. Now, these big swings in body composition are not healthy. According to an article on mensjournal.com that discusses negative effects of extremely low body fat, registered dietitian Georgie Fear noted that bodybuilders often go below 5% body fat during competition, but this is actually too low for a healthy cardiovascular, endocrine, reproductive, skeletal, and nervous system. You can see why they don't stay in this low zone very long. My point is, if you're not a competitive bodybuilder or figure competitor, how about just having a flat tummy and nice abdominal definition year-round? There's no need to go to extremes to get and maintain this. Wouldn't it be nice when swimsuit season comes around and you don't have to do anything to be quote-unquote ready? It just requires a disciplined lifestyle. In an effort to prescribe this lifestyle to you, I have identified 13 tactics for year-round abs to get and maintain a flat and defined stomach. One of my goals with Boost Health is to share ideas to help people find their wellness balance. I know not every tip will work with every individual, but I'm hopeful that some of these ideas will work in chorus with what you already know about your body and what works well for you. So, number one, have meaningful motivation. Believe it or not, my main motivation isn't really to have six-pack abs. Defined abs are more a product of something deeper and more meaningful. This meaningful motivation is to avoid or delay getting pancreatic cancer. Those of you who have been following my story know that my father passed away from pancreatic cancer at only 51 years young. I talk about this in my post about becoming a quote-unquote caveman working on all the variables I have control over, like food, products, and exercise. I want to be healthy and live as long as possible for my family. I also have other meaningful motivation, including being a good role model to my children, a good mentor to my clients, and a good accountability partner to my training buddies. There's a great quote from the Routine Excellence website that says, Trying to set good fitness goals without understanding how they are meaningful to you personally is a great way to set weak goals. I couldn't agree more. And just a reminder, I'm going to be linking to all of the studies and websites I mentioned in the show notes and blog. Number two, do full body strength training. If you want abdominal definition and a functional core, you need to lift heavy stuff in full body movement patterns. Our bodies don't respond well to target training. Try as you might, your body doesn't quote-unquote spot reduce. 
Doing a thousand crunches to make those abs pop just doesn't work. As I noted in my post on full body training versus split group training, research shows that full body workouts can boost testosterone levels higher and lower cortisol levels as compared to a split group routine. This is according to a study in the Biology of Sport Journal in 2016. Higher testosterone and lower cortisol means more muscle and less fat. If you haven't tried full body training, this can make a huge difference by itself. You can still do your crunches, but just make sure they're part of an overall full body workout. Number three, try plant-based nutrition. This one, as most of you know, was a game changer for me. It was not only massively helpful in changing my physique, but I began to feel like a totally different person. I tell the whole story of how and why I changed to a plant-based nutrition plan in my post on benefits to switching to a plant-based diet. The short story is that the bloating and stomach pain I was having went away, and now, four and a half years after starting a plant-based diet, I am down about 15 pounds in total mass, have about 10% less body fat, and about 5% more muscle mass. Needless to say, the abdominal definition is much better now, and it is also so easy to maintain with this nutrition plan. I know plant-based nutrition isn't for everyone, but if you haven't tried it, and you're struggling to see those abs, it may be the missing piece. In the blog, I actually show a side-by-side picture where you can see me in the summer of 2013 before I started a plant-based nutrition plan and beside it, a recent picture on plants, and you can certainly see the difference in abdominal definition there, just as an example. Number four, listen to your body. Constantly running the body in an overreaching state is the enemy of defined abs. This is difficult for those of us who train hard and like routines. Yes, I'm talking to you, fellow OCD sufferer, type A personality having protocol junkie. Many of us grew up with sayings like, no pain, no gain, and go hard or go home. The problem is that we get really good at becoming numb to what our body is telling us, or trying to tell us. We must push through discomfort to create adaptations to get stronger, faster, better, healthier, etc. But we have to know where the line is that crosses into overreaching and not constantly live there. Sometimes, athletes can even go so far and so long into overreaching where they cross into overtraining syndrome. A 2013 study in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise noted that overreaching symptoms are the same as overtraining syndrome which included fatigue, performance decline, and mood disturbances. Now with the similarities in those symptoms, it can be a little bit confusing. But clearly, if any of those symptoms become chronic, it is time to back off the training. One tool that can be really effective at letting you know when you're overdoing it with your training is heart rate variability, or HRV. I talk about how I use HRV and overlay that data with the Training Peaks TSS score and hours of sleep to evaluate my own personal recovery in my post on listening to your body. Now, in case HRV is a new concept to you, I'll provide a quick summary. First, HRV is not the same as heart rate. Heart rate is the number of total beats of your heart in one minute. HRV is actually a measurement of the variation of time in between heartbeats. Since your heart is controlled by your autonomic nervous system, looking at your HRV can be used as a tool to understand how stressed your body is. 
I like how firstbeat.com describes HRV in very plain terms. They say, heart rate variability increases during relaxing and recovering activities and decreases during stress. Accordingly, HRV is typically higher when the heart rate is beating slowly and decreases as the heart beats more quickly. In other words, heart rate and HRV have a generally inverse relationship. So, we want a high amount of variability in the time between heartbeats, as this means the heart is beating slower and is less stressed. Now, can HRV actually help us predict if we are overreaching and overtraining? Yes, it can. A 2006 study in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise found that HRV is reduced in athletes that have overtraining syndrome versus the control group. Staying in a constant overreaching or overtrained state is high stress and cortisol producing. This is not an environment that is good for health or app definition. Take your HRV every morning and test in the exact same way. Once you have established a good baseline, you'll be able to listen to your body and based on the score, decide what the appropriate workout for the day will be. Number five, sleep. A study reviewed on the Scientific American site showed that sleep deprivation can lead to increased cortisol or the stress hormone, which in turn prompts the body to store more fat and use more muscle for energy. Now, this is not an ideal environment for a flat tummy, as you can imagine. What is the proper amount of sleep? Previously, the recommendations on sleep for overall health was a minimum of seven hours. Now it sounds like we need to shoot for eight hours. According to a 2017 article on the Popular Science website, the director of Sleep and Neuroimaging Lab at University of California, Berkeley, Matthew Walker, says that we actually need a minimum of eight hours to mitigate reduction of cognitive performance. Apparently, anything less than eight hours puts us in sleep deficit mode, and it is not something we can make up for with a couple of long rests over a weekend. Since I recommend fasted morning cardio, going to bed as early as possible is really the best way to get more sleep. Number six, do some form of exercise daily. This tip is as much about building a habit as it is about following the research. The habit they were looking to build is exercising every day. The exercise focus and intensity will vary, of course, based on the aforementioned HRV score from that morning and your training schedule. If you have a HRV score that is super poor, then your exercise may be just light walking or a light swim, for example. But it is something. Every day is an exercise day. It is what we do today, tomorrow, and yesterday. We stay active and move every day. From a science-backed perspective, I talked about effectiveness of frequency of strength and aerobic exercise in my post on the five elements of the best overall fitness program. I included a 2009 study in Phys Sports Med by Westcott et al. that found that doing aerobic exercise and strength training both three times per week yielded greater improvements in body fat, fat weight, and lean weight than only doing them one or two times per week. As such, I recommend doing aerobic exercise four days per week and full body strength training three days per week and alternate days. This is for overall health, but if you want to get some ab definition, then you'll want to be on a balanced and consistent program like this. Number seven, intermittent fasting. 
I cover intermittent fasting in my post five nutrition tips for everyone. If you're trying to lose weight and get a lean midsection, or just want an easy way to maintain your low body fat percentage, intermittent fasting is a great nutrition strategy to try. According to a 2017 study in the Journal of the International Society of Sports Nutrition, one surprising benefit is that intermittent fasting is just as effective as daily calorie restriction for weight loss. For those of you who are not big fans of counting every single calorie that you put in your body, this should come as welcome news. Another major benefit of intermittent fasting, according to a 2015 study in nutrition reviews, is that individuals lose body fat and maintain muscle better on intermittent fasting plans than daily calorie restriction programs. Now, there are numerous intermittent fasting methods, which I describe in the same post. My favorite is the 12 to 16 overnight fast. I do this on a daily basis and love it. Give it a try. Number eight, fasted morning cardio. It is nice to exercise in the morning before the hustle and bustle of the day begins. You also don't have to worry about energy levels and eating before your workout as you can just train fasted first thing in the morning. Also doing exercise in the morning, specifically cardiovascular exercise in a fasted state has numerous benefits. A 2010 study in the Journal of Physiology showed that cardiovascular training, cycling and running in this case, in a fasted state is better for preventing weight gain, facilitating muscle adaptations, improving insulin sensitivity, and improving glucose tolerance than exercising in a fed state. With fasted morning cardio, you get your workout for the day done nice and early, and you have a better chance of getting or staying lean than if you do cardio later in the day after taking in food. Number nine, don't let travel stop you. Travel can be tough on some folks because it can wreak havoc on your routine. However, with a bit of planning and preparation, traveling can actually enhance your workouts and nutrition with variety. I used to travel a fair amount when I worked in the population health management industry in the U.S., but I wouldn't let travel control my schedule or my food. I would look forward to exercising in a new gym and running on a different trail. I planned my hotel location so I was close to a good running location near a trail, park, river, lake, etc. I'd bring a bunch of bars with me so I wouldn't be stuck eating something unhealthy. I would ask my clients about good vegan restaurant options and we would even meet there for lunch or dinner sometimes. It can actually be really fun to maintain your wellness routine while traveling. With enough planning, and the proper mindset. For family vacations, we choose places where we can be active. We like to rent mountain bikes and stand-up paddle boards and kayaks. We also find places that we can run and swim. My wife typically handles our travel logistics and is really kind to always ask for the vegan option for me when purchasing our flights. We have found that the food is actually higher in quality in most cases and usually comes out first before the other regular food, so pretty special. Number 10, train your zones. I cover training your heart rate zones in great detail in my post on the five elements of the best overall fitness program. The general idea is that you want to train at different heart rate ranges when doing cardio to work the different energy systems of the body. This is for various reasons, including performance, health, and fat loss. One key type of zone training is high intensity interval training or HIT. 
Hit is especially important for maintaining or creating ab definition because of its fat burning ability. There's a really good article on the University of New Mexico website by Dr. Lynn Kravitz of the University of New Mexico and Dr. Mike Azul of Central Michigan University, which discusses HIT, and they noted two key studies that show how HIT can be very effective at burning fat. The first study they mentioned is by Perry et al. in 2008, which showed that fat burning ability of participants was significantly higher after six weeks of interval training. The second study was by Telanian et al. in 2007, which showed a significant shift in fatty acid oxidation with HIT in just two weeks. So if you want to burn fat and have a lean midsection, then add some zone cardio training, especially some HIT training, to your routine. Number 11, train in a community. I discussed the many benefits of fitness community and mentorship in my blog and podcast with SIRS founder Bo Kratz and Dragons Committee member Sheil Coley on this topic. We discussed a few studies that showed tremendous improvement in performance. Firstly, in a 2012 study, researchers at Kansas State University found that people who exercised with someone they thought was better than them increased their workout time and intensity by 200%. A 2011 study in the Journal of Sport and Exercise Psychology found that participants were able to hold a plank longer when working with a partner and increase their plank hold by up to 24% when working out with a more capable partner. This ability for a weaker partner or team member to perform better in a group situation than they would on their own is called the Kohler effect, which is named after researcher Otto Kohler in the late 1920s. And finally, a 2014 study in the International Journal of Nursing Studies found that older adults who had fitness mentors had higher success in overall retention and participation rates, as well as the best improvements in fitness scores as opposed to the group without mentorship. Interestingly, the mentors were broken into several groups, including young student mentors and peer mentors, and the mentorship effect was the same. So keeping your midsection in check requires motivation, accountability, and performing at your best. And being a part of a fitness community definitely helps us with all of those and more. Definitely consider joining one if you don't belong to one already. Number 12, keep a food journal just for a little while. I discussed keeping a food journal in my post five nutrition tips for everyone. I know it sounds daunting and like a pain in the rear, and that is because it is. And also why I suggest only doing it if you're struggling with your nutrition and looking to make a change, or if you're trying to identify a food allergy or intolerance. If done properly, it can uncover nutrition habits that may be negatively affecting your health, or quite possibly point to a particular food or tactic that's actually working in your favor. There are lots of different methods and tools for food journaling. You can be extreme and measure out every gram of food, count each calorie, and log everything into a journal or app. This is a tedious yet effective method to understand exactly what you're taking in and whether or not you're creating a calorie deficit based on your activity level and basal metabolic rate. If you've never looked closely at your nutrition intake, this type of quantitative analysis can be very helpful, even if you just do it for a few days to get a rough idea. A 2008 study done by Kaiser Permanente found that individuals who keep a food journal lose two times as much weight as those who don't. Another method to keeping a food journal is tracking more of the qualitative data that you note with your nutrition intake. 
This would include how you feel before and after you eat, duration of the meal, whether or not you were hungry when you ate, if your food habits are different based on who you're with, a picture of the food, time of day, how long before or after exercise your meal was, etc. I would recommend using a cloud app to house your journal entries as it will allow you to make updates anytime and anywhere as well as add pictures of your meal and other data points such as heart rate variability score, workout performance, etc. My personal preference is Evernote. Evernote is a well-known productivity app that allows you to make lists, add images, scan documents, etc. and organize everything in a meaningful way. And since you can log in from your smartphone or your desktop computer, you can easily update on the fly as you eat a meal, get a new idea, or check something off your list. I personally use it for tons of stuff like journaling, lists for grocery stores and to-dos, new ideas I want to capture, recipes, random stuff I want to remember, etc. It is nice not to waste brain space on things you can quickly access in the palm of your hand. And you can download Evernote for free if you're interested. A food journal was imperative to my success when I switched to a plants-based diet. Food journaling helped me identify numerous food items that were helpful and hurtful to me as I was switching into the plants-based nutrition plan. If you're searching for your abs or want to maintain them with the best strategy going forward, you should keep a food journal for a few weeks if you haven't already done so. This will allow you to really tap into what nutrition is serving you best and what might be better to avoid in the future. And finally, number 13, it is a lifestyle. Keeping abdominal definition and a flat stomach year-round is only possible if you make being healthy a complete lifestyle for yourself. Hopefully, it is clear from the list I've shared today that there is more involved than fitness and nutrition. It is about an incessant and relentless quest to make the healthiest choices possible for yourself all the time. For example, take the stairs instead of the escalator or elevator. Always listen to your body. Carry your grocery bags with good posture. Be active with your kids. And don't take time off from your health on vacations or holidays. I hope this list of tips will help in finding or maintaining your abdominal definition and flat stomach and keep it year round. If you've used any of these tactics with good success, I would love to hear about it. Please leave your comments in the blog on myboosthealth.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I'll be back next week discussing a new wellness topic. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes. You can follow my workouts and Boost Health updates on Strava, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also visit the Boost Health website at myboosthealth.com for links to everything along with more motivation and information. Until next time, find your balance.